Hey, Pharmacy Podcast Nation, you got to listen in every Tuesday to stay up to date on the most recent medication therapy topics. Game Changers creates awareness about pharmacotherapy and clinical practice changes that can significantly impact pharmacy practice. Every Tuesday, a new episode of Game Changers is published on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. And always remember, the pharmacist is the hub of healthcare. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to Let's Pharmanize, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm Shane Gerritsen. I'm Mickey Ferguson. I'm Cal Vandegrift. And I am Justin Frederick. I'm going to be talking about an aspect of the Marvel Universe that is pharmaceutically relevant and assess the surprisingly realistic implications to our reality. All that and more on Let's Pharmanize. <laughs> The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The views and opinions expressed within are those of the authors and speakers themselves and do not necessarily represent any affiliated institution or third party. start this with like a nice little interview. This is the first time we're doing something like this. So, Justin, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. How about the rest of y'all? Good. Can't we're interviewing you, though. So yeah. Don't, don't, don't be around. interviewing us. <laughs> this, is, this is hostage interviewing strategy. Yeah. <laughs> how's, your, how's your week been going? My week's been going pretty well. You know, being a P2 student, the assignments are sometimes get a little bit crazy, but you know what? Just living day by day. Yeah, they can be a little it's overwhelming. Kind of what we have to do, really. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to hear what you have to say because I know that you are one of the biggest Marvel fans that I know. Yes. One of the earliest things that I oh. remember about you was wearing the uh, Black Panther hat at orientation. <laughs> yeah, and I, I suppose it was just Halloween. It's the segment of it's the subject of your of your podcast episode. But what what were you for Halloween? For Halloween, I it was actually a last minute decision. I was originally gonna dress up as Miles Morales from Spider Man into the Spider Verse, but in light of the recent death of Chadwick Boseman on August twenty eighth, twenty twenty, I felt I should really honor him because Black Panther is one of my favorite Marvel heroes and has influenced the man I am today in becoming a pharmacist. Uh-huh. So I wanted to pay honor to him by actually dressing up as Black Panther, something that I originally did in 2018, my second year here at High Point University, and felt I should take the costume out one last time. That's awesome. That's awesome. I knew that you loved Black Panther, but I didn't know that it meant that he meant that much to you, but that's mm-hmm. really good to hear. All right, well, you want to jump right in? So, yeah, definitely. So jumping right into this episode is a series I like to call Marvelous, <laughs> which is a segment that I look into an aspect of the Marvel Universe that is pharmaceutically relevant and assess kind of the realistic implications of the real world. Let's so Marvelize. <laughs> that's, good. Yo, that's a good one. Yeah, I came up with it myself, so thank you. <laughs> 
So for this episode, I wanted to do something special in light of, again, in light of the recent passing of Chadwick Boseman. I wanted to pay honor to him by taking us to the nation of Wakanda and looking at the very thing that made King T'Challa the Black Panther, which is... Yes, you can guess, Calvin. Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I thought you raised your so hand. I, I, was, I didn't raise my hand because I, I, I wanted to ask if... Have y'all seen this movie? I yes. haven't seen Black Panther, so I, I don't Black know. Panther. I have not seen it's Black Panther. I don't kidding. watch superhero movies. It's phenomenal. I've only seen, like, the recent ones. I, I saw Winter Soldier, and that was like it. You saw Winter Soldier. Man. So I, you saw, like, one of the not-as-good Marvel movies, but you missed... Right. Again, my girlfriend at the time was the only reason why <laughs> I watched that movie. Do not even add me, Shane. Actually, that's great, Calvin, because I kind of assumed that maybe one of you or nobody even listening right now may have seen the movie. So I'm going to go a little bit into depth just so everybody is on common ground. Groovy. So the thing that makes King T'Challa the Black Panther is this herb called the heart-shaped herb. And as the name implies, the heart-shaped herb is literally a heart-shaped plant only found in Wakanda that is supposedly a lily plant that has been contaminated by vibranium, which is the strongest metal on Earth. So according to Wakandan culture, only a worthy warrior of royal blood could safely ingest the plant and be bestowed with supernatural abilities. This is going to be the first stop in our journey. So the movie adaptation of Black Panther doesn't address it. I guess I should say now if you haven't seen the movie, spoilers! Cool. <laughs> now, now that I got the spoiler disclaimer out, let's continue. The movie adaptation doesn't address this aspect, but if a person of non-royal blood were to ingest the heart-shaped herb, that individual would actually be poisoned by the plant. As evidence in the comics, when Killmonger, I know in the movies it, he's T'Challa's cousin, but in the comics there's no relation. They're not related. But Killmonger ingested the heart-shaped herb, and it actually nearly killed him. So the only way he could actually get the powers of the Black Panther was actually by synthesizing a synthetic version of the plant that allowed anyone who ingested it to get the powers of the Black Panther. Now, o- overall, because I don't know, I don't actually know, I know he's a superhero, but what are these these powers that we're talking about? That's a great question, actually. The superhuman abilities that I was mentioning, when someone ingests the heart-shaped herb, the person who ingested it gets enhanced speed, agility, endurance, durability, healing, and senses. I never freeze. Now, specifically when I'm talking about the senses, I'm saying that the person's senses are so enhanced that the user could not only see in total darkness, but also track any scent and even hear an enemy's heartbeat. That's pretty killer. Now, how is this even possible, you might be thinking to yourselves. According to the scientists who actually studied the herb, the scientists in the comics, obviously, the plant is said to stimulate and accentuate the human being's kinesthetic sense. This is the subliminal perception that allows us to close our eyes and yet know where our body parts are. So if we did not have this sense, we wouldn't be able to literally wash our hair in the shower with our eyes closed, let alone touch our nose. So the herb also has a secondary effect on our proprioceptive system located in our muscles and joints. 
Now, proprioception is also known as the sixth sense. It's what provides body awareness to the brain and controls muscular force and pressure. So regulatory sensory signals from the system allow bodily motion and balance. So the best way to illustrate this neurological aspect is with an example. So a fully functioning human being can wiggle their finger back and forth with little effort. However, without proprioception, the brain could not actually feel what the finger was doing. So the individual would have to look at his or her finger in order to verify the motion. We're all wiggling our fingers right now. <laughs> I'm doing it with my yeah. eyes closed. It's a really good way to illustrate that. So if you really think about this, with enhanced proprioception, one could control every muscular movement with precision in real time. If some people haven't thought about this yet, yes, this is part of the reason why cats are able to land on their feet. They have proprioceptors located on their whiskers that send those very signals I was describing to the brain that allow them to know where the body parts are in real time. Mm, hence the panther. <laughs> hence yeah. the panther for yeah. Black Panther. And when cats fall, they can use their muscles to shift their center of mass so they either spin more so they land on their feet or spin less so they land on their feet. Exactly. So for those who may have seen the film, now you know how, how the Black Panther was able to do those acrobatic skills with ease. The drug literally enhanced his senses so he has super super control of his entire body, his muscles. Cool. Are there, like, cats that are really not good at this? Because my cat is really <laughs> clumsy. If we, like... You know how you're supposed to, like, sort of drop cats? Like, from, a, like, from like a reasonable height? Like, you can't do that with dogs. If you pick up a dog and put them down, you have to actually, like, put them down like a normal... Like, all the way down to the ground like a child. But yep. with a cat, if you do that, they start to, start to, like, squirm and get all antsy, so you just kind of, like, let them fall from, like, a couple feet off the ground. My cat never lands on his feet. Or like half the time it's like 50-50. It's like flipping a coin. My cat is so morbidly obese that his center of gravity <laughs> is just off. I don't think his Hops? proprioceptors are gonna, are gonna, yeah. Hobbs is a cute one. Yeah, it comes he's, down. He's cute, but he's, he's fast. He's is thick. he a chonker? Yeah. He's a big oh, chonker. He's thick. I, I don't know, Shane. Maybe your cat's just low IQ. <laughs> and then he'll like, he'll, one time I dropped him and he like landed face first and then he looked back at me like so mad. Like, what? You, you forgot how to act like a cat. <laughs> well, I, like I said, you do have control over your muscles, but using your example with your cat, you're talking of like how high did you drop him from because it's still in your cat's control. Like, if two feet, if you dropped him from two feet above the ground, that's not really a lot of time to control your body to. Drop and land on your hands, so that's probably why your cat just looking at you like, "Why are you dropping so drop from higher up?" Is what you're saying, correct? Yeah, if okay. you were to drop him from higher up, the whiskers would probably be able to send the signals and be like, "Okay, we have this much time to be able to contort the body to do what it needs How to do." How high up are you suggesting to drop this cat? <laughs> give him the Simba. <laughs> well, I do not personally own a cat, so I couldn't give you an exact number, but it, I, you can literally look up, I guess, on YouTube videos of cats being on like a bookshelf and being able to drop up to the floor without, you know, waiting on the feet. Poor Simba. <laughs> a lot of um, rodents can do this, too. So uh, squirrels can do this, and so can, like, chipmunks and stuff. Squirrels mm. and chipmunks are not nearly as cool, though, as panthers, though. Like, yeah, they're not as cool. Big cats are cool. 
But they're they're equally acrobatic. Imagine being, you know, a, su- a superhero, the mighty squirrel or something like that. That's that squirrel sounds girl. They're squirrel girl, actually. Yeah. That sucks. She beat Thanos. That's in the comics. Bad. In, in, the in the comics, she actually has numerous times, which is why people are saying if Squirrel Girl was in Avengers Endgame, this would have been a problem. I, this is why I don't l- watch these movies. They, <laughs> there's a Squirrel Girl. <laughs> well. Okay, it's one of the reasons why Whatever. I don't. I mean, there's an Ant-Man. I think I'm the only person that hasn't seen Endgame ever, because everyone talks it's not about something it. something to be proud of. Uh, no, I am proud of it. I mean, it's a cinematic <laughs> masterpiece you're, that you're just... Yeah, taking pride in ignorance is usually a bad move. I'm, I'm taking my pride. Uh, this is... Hey, people are, some people are some into superheroes, some people are not. But you're a Justice League man, aren't you? You didn't even know that 1986 <laughs> the Bears won the Super Bowl. No, who because who cares? outside of Chicago would care? Everyone who watches football. I didn't even know that was football. <laughs> I'm very disappointed. <laughs> you just said the Bears. like who, Everyone knows who Dot Bears are. Dot Bears. What did you call it like that? Like Dot Bears. The Baby? That's bad. No. <laughs> Justin, please continue. Betty Wap? Please. <laughs> I was actually kind of enjoying it. So, but kind of going back to, I guess the comics and going into the use of the herb. I did mention beforehand how if you weren't of worthy blood or was found worthy by the plant, it would actually harm you. And I said how Killmonger ingested it and nearly killed him. So you would think, oh yeah, he doesn't have royal blood, so it wouldn't work on him. Here's where things get a little bit more complicated. And now a word from our sponsor. In the comics, Shuri, who is T'Challa's sister, so obviously of royal blood. Not that hard, genius! You told me to strike it. You didn't say how hot. She also ingested the heart-shaped herb, but instead of giving her the powers immediately like T'Challa, it actually rejected her for some time. So it took uh, some, t- I can't say exactly how much time, but it, it delayed the how much she would get the powers. Wait a minute. Wait, she's like full sister? Yes. They are, are literally blood relatives. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. I'm so happy that you said that. Like, it doesn't make sense. How is the plant choosing who's worthy or not? Which is why I don't think the movies address this because it really is complicated. Maybe she had like a genetic polymorphism and she was a slow metabolizer. Exactly. It could be a slow metabolizer. It could have been other genetic differences between and T'Challa and her that could have caused this drug resistance, and but T'Challa. it's not really confirmed in the comics. T'Challa just sounds like an ultra-rapid metabolizer. I think that's why. I think he's just like, immediately. But it's got to be, you know, it's got to be like a, a, a monoclonal antibody type thing, because it's got Maybe. such a long half-life, it never leaves the system. You have these superpowers. Do you ever need to redose? Do you ever need to, like... I'm glad you asked. In fact, this is what makes it super cool to... I'm so glad you guys allowed me to do this. The heart-shaped herb is actually one plant that doesn't require a redose. Once it's ingested, you have those permanently. Mm. So it's never excreted. It's an irreversible thing. Actually, it is reversible. And this is actually displayed in the movies where... 
Wakandan, or at least the Wakandan chieftain when it comes to medicine, Zuri, who is T'Challa's uncle, they create this concoction. It's not really detailed what's in it, but it's a concoction that serves as a negating agent that takes away the powers of the Black Panther. And this is actually done in the comics as well. See, how a warrior is found worthy is that they must defeat the current Black Panther, as well as six of the best warriors of Wakanda by trial by combat. And if successful, all that warrior would be considered worthy. So in the movies, they really did a good job in displaying this in the scenes where T'Challa has the power stripped away from him. He drinks this concoction, if you will, and you see him kind of struggle ingesting it. His veins start to pop out and his eyes almost look bloodshot as the powers of the heart-shaped herb are just stripped away from him. Eventually, he's, you know, he stands back up and he's back to a normal appearance, no worse for wear. And that's how I believe that the Wakandans kept this system of checks and balances. Because yeah, if somebody ingested the heart-shaped herb, they have those powers permanently. So it's like, who's to stop them? This is how it works in Wakandan culture. Or every, I would say after every, I wouldn't say it's every year, but when a king is found to be doubtful in terms of their ability to be chieftain, to be the Black Panther, someone can invoke a right of challenge for the mantle. And so that's how the challenge works. Trial by combat the current Black Panther would have their power stripped away and then the playing field is leveled. Now, outside of the, the story, because Black Panther's father died in that explosion, right? Yes, he did. Would he have had to challenge his father for the mantle of Black Panther? Or would it have just passed on naturally when the first Black Panther passed away? In this case, it wouldn't have been in a challenging to be invoked considering T'Challa was the son of T'Chaka, his father. So in that case, T'Chaka would have passed the powers of the Black Panther to his son when he felt he was ready. Okay. If it was anybody else, they probably would have invoked the right of challenge. Okay. So in the movie, yes. At that time, T'Chaka clearly did not have the powers of the Black Panther within him. His son, however, yes, he did. If you notice, when he tried to save his father, he was able to jump pretty high to try and save him from the bomb that went off. And compared to a lot of people that were injured, you notice T'Challa wasn't really too worse for wear in terms of the damage done to him. And that's because the heart-shaped herb provides healing. And that was at the beginning of, that was at Civil War, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, that was that was a good one, Cal. So let's address the big question I know that's on many people's minds. Can a drug like the heart-shaped herb exist in our reality and it might surprise you that in a way it actually does Now, regarding the enhanced physical ability, as far as enhanced strength, speed, and so on, obviously we do have anabolic steroids that are known to be misused by athletes to boost their performance or improve their physical appearance. Hmm. And in fact, it was not until 2004 when Congress passed the Anabolic Steroid Control Act that banned over-the-counter steroid precursors that it wasn't uncommon to use steroids, especially in bodybuilding. So here's where the situation gets really interesting. As we see in the film, ingesting the heart-shaped herb causes T'Challa to enter the Wakandan necropolis or city of the dead through an almost tribal dream time experience, you know, almost like a vision, if you will. Allow the heart-shaped herb to restore the powers of the Black Panther and take you to the ancestral plane. In reality, there exists a psychedelic called ayahuasca uh, or 
in English, vine of the soul, that has been used by the indigenous natives of the Amazon for centuries. And this brew is made from a combination of the Banisteriopsis copy vine and leaves from the Psychotria viridis shrub. The active chemical from the shrub is, you guessed it, dimethyltryptamine. DMT. DMT. We just talked about DMT when I with Ivan was on the show. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's weird um, because there was a segment I wanted to get to eventually. There's actually clinics opening up across the United States for people with PTSD to experiment with DMT and ayahuasca. Experiment with it? Yeah, because a lot of people who have PTSD are really resistant to normal mm-hmm. pharmacotherapy or traditional yeah. um, CBT. So they're more likely, especially if they're religious or spiritual, to go into these clinics in a controlled envi- a very controlled environment. Like there's always like at least three people who are not under the influence of anything to watch over for six to eight hours as it takes effect. Right. CBT meaning cognitive behavioral therapy? Yes. Okay. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Mickey, as far as PTSD and people wanting to experiment using this drug, because when it comes to uh, ayahuasca, the big mystery that's surrounding this drug is how the natives were able to make it. Because when you look at the vine and the shrub together, you wouldn't be able to think, oh, let me put these two together to make this <laughs> psychedelic drug. You're not telling me that's what I need to uh... No, I'm just feeling it. However, Amazonian legend maintains that the natives were guided by otherworldly beings that descended into the jungle bearing this magical drink that would, quote, connect them with the radiant powers of the heavens. I'm not making this up. I've actually read this from the archives of clinical psychiatry. They have done clinical trials regarding ayahuasca. I guess the ritual, I guess, or the more religious aspect of consuming this drug is somewhat related to what you were saying, Mickey, and how those who ingest it are said to be connected with the, quote, divine mother who would heal people of their illnesses. And this healing process is actually not as divine as it may seem. So when ingesting this drug, uh, the healing process is through a form of purging. So there's intense sweating involved of convulsions and possibly vomiting. But that's also a mystery because people who've ingested this drug have reported different aspects of how they've experienced it. But all of them can say that they've experienced these really vivid visions or this vivid trips, if you will, Mm -hmm. when it comes to taking psychedelics that just felt so real. And the natives of the Amazon say that is part of the healing process as the imagery is said to represent the fears or those aspects of our lives that seem to be plaguing us like a disease. And so you're faced with the choice of either letting that fear rule over you or fighting it, hence the sweating and possibly vomiting. That's you purging that fear from your body. Yeah, I think from the reading that I've done on the subject, a lot of people say it's a deeply unpleasant experience but at the other end of it they feel like they've gained a lot and they're able to deal with their problems more effectively Hmm. which is very interesting to me because not many people will say yeah no that was awful but i needed it sounds like the uh sounds like the experience with luke skywalker going into that what do they call it the cave you know what i'm talking about where he sees himself as darth vader yeah oh yeah 
kind of feeling that, getting those vibes. I don't know why. There's no one else getting those vibes. I don't think he did ayahuasca in there. You want to buy some death sticks? I, I don't think so. I mean, there were vines all over the place. Could there have were been. vines, yeah. It could have been on whatever Dagobah system, whatever. Yeah, Dagobah. Yeah. Yoda's house. Yeah. I wouldn't think it was ayahuasca, though, because those who that that have ingested the drug, at least the common things that have been reported in terms of signs and symptoms, have included nausea, vomiting, feelings of connection and unity, as well as anxiety, increased body temperature, hence the sweating, and even diarrhea. So unless Luke Skywalker was sweating and going to the bathroom every five seconds, <laughs> I doubt that he was on ayahuasca, but like I said, with all these signs and symptoms, People still take it. Like you know, they that, you know Yoda fed him? Yeah. He gave him that like weird brown soup. And he hated it? Yeah. I'm thinking that's what they were basing it on. George yeah, Lucas knew. I have lost the soup. I mean, uh, it has been around for a while, like as a myth. Like a lot of Westerners don't, haven't really gotten on the train and, and until like 2000 onward. But mm-hmm. it's definitely been known of for quite a while. And it's actually still a matter of mystery in terms of how long because the natives... Like I said, this is part of their legend, and so speculation holds that they may have been making this concoction for over 2,000 years, perhaps even 5,000 years, some speculations even say. So I find it kind of interesting that ayahuasca is something that's actually in the world today, and then we look at the movie Black Panther and think, oh, you know, him ingesting the heart-shaped herb and then being buried alive in order to enter the necropolis through, like, that dreamtime aspect. Like, that's all, you know, superhero Marvel imagination, but it actually exists. Like, like people who ingest ayahuasca, in a way, are kind of experiencing the same thing that T'Challa actually Mm. goes through. Interesting. I'm very interested. Now you gotta watch the movie. Maybe I'm not that interested, but... Oh, that's... I know. That sucks. I just don't like superhero movies. Okay, Cal, I'm on level with you. I'm not the biggest superhero fan, but I immensely enjoyed Black Panther. Yeah. I really love it. I've gotten kind of fatigued with the movies over the years, which kind of soured my opinion on going out and buying more comics for Marvel, but... See, I like, I like some of the superhero movies that are almost real. Like, I don't like way too beyond fictitious. I hate Thor. I hate Hulk. Because all of those are like completely un- wrong with you? unrealistic. So you're, but like, you're more of like a Punisher guy. I liked... Uh, I don't know who that is. I liked... <laughs> you said that so dismissively. I, I don't. Who I don't is that? that is. What am I supposed to... Mickey's gone. <laughs> like Castle the Punisher? I don't know who that is. What about Daredevil? There's like the new one, not the I Ben heard, Affleck. Is that the guy that rides on a motorcycle? No. <laughs> that would be <laughs> Ghost Rider. That's Ghost Rider on the motorcycle? He just conflated Daredevil with Ghost Rider. <laughs> Show's canceled. <laughs> Thanks. Oh. Thanks for listening, you guys. This will be our last episode. <laughs> oh, God. I like the movies. Like, um, I liked watching Split. Split was that movie, right? With... Uh, you liked Split? <laughs> I liked Split, yeah. Because it was Split personality disorder. It was Which is real. also not real. Yeah, that's a gross... That's a horrible it was a representation. It's a terrible representation of disassociative identity disorder, which is not real. Of course it was. But at least that's more realistic than a guy growing from six feet tall to whatever, 30 feet tall, green, and Why punching buildings be and stuff. Because the that's what I like. The genre is the, to be unrealistic. If you're gonna, if you're gonna complain about me not knowing any superheroes, you can't use the argument, well, that's just, they're not supposed to be realistic. 
realistic because that's what I enjoy watching. Why? Boring. What do you mean why? I'm the person that's going to sit so down and watch you, a four-hour documentary you on like a battleship. Revenant, one of your one of your movies that you like. I don't. Would be I don't like The Revenant. You don't like The Revenant. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's a realistic movie that you like? Jeremiah Johnson's pretty good. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is in okay. no way realistic. Of course it's not. But it's not the only thing I can enjoy. But I just don't like superhero movies I where you're it's just a hipster. Uh, yeah, I'm the hipster. You like Star Wars? I do like Star Wars. All right. How is that realistic? Because it's in a galaxy far, far away. Oh my god. He got you there. So if, if <laughs> superhero he... movies took nope. place on another planet, you'd be okay with them. Yes, I can. If if Superman only was on Krypton and it didn't like explode and whatever, then yes, I, I could enjoy Superman. I think. <laughs> I think I need to be I'm on looking, this podcast I'm a little look, bit more to kind of show you the realistic implications. I'm when being it comes looked to these at with such disdain right now. It's disgusting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, disgusting. your your conduct is pretty disgusting. Y'all don't watch anything sports, so don't at me. Hey, I watch. Oh, hockey. you watch hockey? They don't care. They didn't know the Bears won the Super Bowl in 1986. Because no one cares. Everyone cares. No one cares outside of Chicago. <sighs> Y'all are lame. We were 18 and one, baby. We, <laughs> 14 years before we, you were born. Did you we. carry that football through the end it's zone? A tradi- did you kick it through the uprights? It's a tradition. Everyone has sweetness in them. It's what? Walter Payton. His name was Sweetness. Ew. Don't say ew to Walter Payton. That is blaspheming. You are okay. such a Chicago fanboy. I, I bet know. you still think the Hawks are good. We're going to have to cut no, like 10 suck. minutes out of Justin's episode. <laughs> yeah. Justin, Continue. Sorry, the floor is, is yours again. I'm sorry. No, it's their fault. It's not my fault. Actually, I kind of covered most of oh. what I had. Oh, so, I mean, we can end on that rant if we want. <laughs> I don't think we're going to end there. Well, this is, like, really, really yeah, exciting. Awesome. Like, I, I loved Black Panther, and I loved being able to think about it from your perspective and, like, enjoy that pharmaceutical aspect of it, because I didn't realize there was that much realism to it. But anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was really cool. Thank you, and I hope to be here again to, I guess, educate on some more realistic implications when it comes to Marvel. Welcome it back may to... be superhero stuff, but... They actually may be more realistic than you think. Welcome back to Let's Educate Cal about yeah. superheroes. We're going to have to start. Yeah, make there's a, a lot more good stuff in, in the Marvel movies. I think there's a lot more like pharmaceutical stuff we could touch on. So that'll be your job, Mr. <laughs> Let's Marvelize. <laughs> right on. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter to keep up with our episodes and content. And special thanks to Kelly Kerr for making our music.